0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to uh, Mark Frick's and Jeff Rediger's uh, podcast channel, The Road Less Traveled, Turning Your Retirement into the Excursion of a Lifetime, and we're on Chapter 5 today. We wrapped up the last session, and uh, as we shared with you last week, we're going to talk about maximizing your Social Security and pension benefits. So, uh, Mark, welcome back.
1: Hey, great to be back, Jeff. Hope you have a good week.
0: I did. Uh Very quick. Seems like we were here yesterday. So <laughs> uh good information last week, and this is an important subject. And I want to dive right in because uh, we have some ground to cover here. But, um you know, conventional wisdom, um, you know, one of the questions has been, it leads off chapter five of your book is does it matter when you start taking social security benefits? And I've seen a lot of literature articles and conventional wisdom that says everybody should wait till 70. Can we start the the maximization conversation by addressing that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Please. Uh,
0: social security.
1: Yeah. Cause um, you know, uh, I was talking about this the other day on my radio show about how, you know, you, you pull up these articles and nine out of 10 of them say, you know, wait till 70 and, and, and what you have to remember is, is that, um, uh, you know, whenever you read an article, these articles are designed, um, for a mass audience. So the more people they can drag in, the better. And so they give this very generic information to get you to read the article. And, um, you know, if, if somebody's interested in mass planning, uh, then that's fine. But that would be like, you know, your only doctor being, um, uh, what, doc, what's the doctor on TV? Dr. Uh, Oz. You know, hey, who's your doctor? What's Dr. On? Oz. I watch his show and get all my advice from him. I never go to a regular doctor. Well, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, good I luck with- Dr. Phil. I use Dr. Phil. <laughs> well, that's, that's more of the mental side, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, so I call that investor pornography. It is, uh, it's okay. just useless yeah. to look at. Uh, almost like the talking head shows. I mean, everyone's got a different point of view, and none of them are right. And and uh, or they'll hit it right because out of all of them saying something different, one of them's going to get something right one time. So so as far as as far as Social Security and and maximizing it, maximizing might be the wrong word you use with Social Security. I think the better term would be maximizing income, and minimizing taxes. Okay, because it's what you wind up with in your pocket as opposed to the gross numbers. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, it's very easy to sit there and say, "Okay, honey, if you and I both wait till seventy, we'll have the most money ever." Uh, so that is a reason to wait. Okay, so waiting till seventy gives you the most money. Um, uh, and it, it, you know, the earliest you could take is sixty-two, and that's when you get the least. And waiting from sixty-two to seventy is like a seventy percent difference. So, in many cases, that is a good idea. But but you got to start thinking about some other things, social security planning. Cannot happen in a vacuum. It's got to happen with the rest of income planning and pension maximization. So when you think about social security, um, you need to think about when are you retiring. You know, so let's just use age sixty-five to retire. And, and Jeff, I can't tell you how many times I have people come to me and say, um, "I'll say when are you going to retire?" And they'll say, "I'm going to retire at sixty-six and six months." Well, right there, I know the reason they're retiring then is that's their full retirement age, according to Social Security, which has nothing to do with the age you should retire. You retire when you want to retire. Then we'll make Social Security work around it. Right. So um, so let's say that you're retired at 65. And based on some of the numbers we ran, we've decided you have enough assets to wait till 70. And we think you're going to live past 79, which is kind of the break even point. Um, and so... Where does that money come from, from 65 to 70? Uh, well, you know, we are going to get more social, social Security, but we're going to be without income for five years from Social Security. We well, you know, a great thing to think about is um, if you're one of these people that have built up a big 401K over the years, and now you've got a half a million or a million or whatever you might have in, in it, uh, you're going to have a tax problem starting at age 72. It's called required minimum distributions. So why not go ahead and use some of that IRA money now instead of Social Security Um, while we're in a low tax season for uh, hopefully the next five years, use that, try to get the IRA down because we know we're going to be getting a guaranteed increase in social security of 8%. And I don't have anywhere else I can put somebody's money to get a guaranteed 8%. I can get a guaranteed four or five or six, but not eight. So that's, and, and so that's just an idea. I'm not saying that that's the plan for everybody. I'm just saying there's more to it than just saying, wait or don't wait. And then there's one other thing to think about. If, if it is a couple, sometimes what we'll do, if, if we want some income coming in, maybe we'll turn on one spouse's at 62 or 65 or whenever they may retire, let the other one, the larger one, let it grow till 70. And the reason is, is because um, let's just take a man and a wife. So let's say the man's because he worked longer, his social security is larger. So we, we, we let him wait till 70. We turn on the wife's at 62 or 64, 65, whenever it is they retire. Uh, but let his grow and make up the difference with IRA money and other money if it's available. But by waiting for his to grow to, to age 70, if he passes away or if she passes away, there's something called a um, a survivor benefit. So whoever's left gets the larger of the two. With well, the larger of the two, we let it grow to age 70. So it's... 30, 40, 50 percent larger than it would have been. So that's kind of brings in some survivorship training planning as well. So I I guess what I'm saying is it's not about it's not maximizing social security. Now You know, we can get into all the what's full retirement age and what's 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 the difference between 62 and 64 and what what if you're divorced? This is not a social security class. Uh, This is about maximizing income for retirement, not leaving anything on the table. Which I think is the name of this chapter, if I remember correctly, uh, is uh, "Don't Eat Money on the Table," right? So that's, that's why we have to take the Social Security aspect and intertwine it with um, uh, pension. Uh, you know, we have a lot of federal workers that, that we work with, and that this is kind of geared to. And so, you know, what's what's your pension amount, and and, and when, you know, how do we take it, and and things like that. And then where, where's the rest of your income coming from? And next week, we're going to be talking about filling the income gap, by the way. And so that's, you know, once we maximize pension and maximize Social Security or maximize income, let me go back and correct myself. I'm saying it wrong as well. Once we figure out how to maximize income, then we look at the gap we have, and that's next week's uh, discussion. How do we fill the gap remaining? So that, that's kind of the, that's the way we, we look at it, is maximizing income.
0: So let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, most of the federal employees are FERS employees. We have maybe a few SERS still out there, but you know, uh, 90% are FERS. Mm -hmm. So when you're taking a look at maximizing income, obviously you don't, you don't make these decisions in silos, right? So somebody 66 and six months, you know, uh, that is just, Making the decision based on their social security with time to make them. You have the pension, the TSP, you got other assets. Um, so how do you analyze that? So if somebody comes to you and you're, you're talking about, let's just identify chapter five. Don't leave money on the table. Let's we'll talk mm-hmm. about how you bring in the FERS conversation with social security and all the rest of
1: it. Okay. Yeah. So it's easy if you're single. Uh, you know, you, 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 you there's a, only one way to take FERS and it's, you know, full, Pension, you know, that's kind of an easy discussion. So then it comes down to when do you want to retire and when do you qualify for full FERS pension? You know, that's important to understand that. Um, so it, it gets more complex when you have a couple. And and so, first of all, it's something interesting. A lot of people, you know, they'll come to me and they'll say, okay, I'm trying to decide whether to turn on Social Security at 62, 66, or 7. And I'm like, well, you know, there's 91 other times you can turn it up. Um You don't have to wait until one of those magic dates. You can turn it on at age 64 in three months because every month the check gets a little bit bigger. You don't have to wait a whole year. You don't have to wait till 66 and a half or whatever. So first of all, there's that whole thing there. Don't, don't, just because they give you three numbers on your statement doesn't mean that's your three choices. You have 94 times you can turn it on. Um, so that's important. And then, you know, I, I guess the most important date is when do you want to retire? You know, what, what is your target date? And they usually have an idea. I I want to retire at the end of the year of 2021. So now we have a target date. Now we can start looking at what is our Social Security at that age? What is it if we increase it? We do have Social Security software. We have income planning software, but uh, we've also got software we've created on our own that kind of pulls it all together. And it's it's not something that most of the people have because we, we developed it over the last 12 years. And and so one of the considerations with a couple is I've already mentioned one thing you know maybe making making one weighed and one not weighed or whatever but uh, when you start bringing FERS pension into it and this this is really any pension one of the things we want to do is make it as large as possible so step one is is uh, of course waiting to a full pension that that you know that you have uh, qualified for because if you take it one year early every year early you take it is a five percent reduction in, in in, in income from FERS. Now there are special circumstances. So I'm not saying this is etched in stone, but primarily you try, want to try to wait to a full pension uh, qualification. Uh, so the other thing we'll look at is this: um, is um, if you're married and and your spouse um, is not a federal government worker, um, one of the key considerations is, is health insurance. Because, you know, as you as you know, Jeff, um, the uh, minimum retirement age is a, an average of around 56 years old if you've got enough years. in, Right. So we've got a lot of first people that are retired between 56 and 62 which is in a very uh, hot point in between there. So if you're 60 and your spouse is 60 as well, um, you've got you're taking care of on health insurance because your FEHB with the government uh, will carry you to 65 in Medicare. Uh, so do you want your spouse on there? Well, probably so. You don't want to come out of pocket with uh, a health insurance premium of six to hundred, 600 to a thousand bucks a month, probably. So your spouse will have coverage until her or his Medicare. And I, I hope I'm making sense here, not getting too deep here. But and so one of the considerations is, is do we need that health insurance for the spouse to carry them to age 65 and Medicare? If you do. You are forced to take a survivor on your pension, okay? So right there, that decision was made, okay? Now the decision is, do you take 50% survivor or 25% survivor? I'm always wanting to take the least survivor I can take, okay? And this is why. Uh, so, so let's say the spouse is already on Medicare, so you don't have to worry about their health insurance. So you can take a zero survivor because if you take a survivor, as most, you know, a lot of federal workers realize this, a 50% survivor, which means they're going to get half of your pension if you happen to die first, okay? Then you're going to pay the government 10% every month of your check to pay for that survivor, okay? So instead of getting 2000 a month, you're getting 1800 a month. Well, that's $2,400 a year you're giving up. And over a 20-year period, you're talking about 240000 Or is it double that? I don't know. I I, I can't do math. Okay, so 24. You asked
0: me about math, you know, I'm not answering any more math questions on this.
1: It's $48,000. Okay, for over 20 years, so. So, so,
0: so that's a, that's a life insurance premium at retirement.
1: Exactly. You're, you're paying the government a life insurance premium so that if you happen to die first, um, or not at the same time, then, then, uh, your spouse continues. So what if you took that difference, whether it's 200 or whatever it is, and you're semi-healthy you don't have to be perfect health uh today's insurance industry they're very competitive and they have lowered what it takes to you know to, to be approved now i've got diabetics getting approved i got people that had cancer um five years or more ago heart attacks i mean all of this stuff we can still many times get them approved so what if we took that 200 a month and um took you know either a portion of it or all of it, whatever, and, and bought a life insurance policy on that first pension recipient. And so if you pass away, the, the pension goes away, but your spouse gets a half-million-dollar life insurance policy. Did I mention it's tax-free? The pension's taxable, right? The death benefit's tax-free. So you're getting the maximum pension for as long as you live, and you may live to be a 100, right? And whether you die or not, that spouse is going to get a nice big tax free, uh, check. And by the way, if the spouse is gone, the kids get it or the grandkids get it. Who gets your pension if your spouse is gone? Nobody it goes away, right? So, so you, the, it goes back the in pot. the pot, right? The same thing with social security. Okay. So, uh, this okay. is called pension maximization and it's a discussion we have with most people that are, that we're planning with when it comes to federal workers and pensions, and anybody else that has a pension that may be coming up, um, local workers, local government, state government, uh, private industry that still has a pension, any of these folks. We need to have a pension maximization discussion. And then I don't want to get, again, too deep into this, Jeff, uh, today, but um, we can also treat that life insurance policy like a big Roth account, um, and if it's set up correctly, the income of uh, the money inside of that life insurance policy not only has a death benefit, but can we can exponentially grow the cash value, which is tax-free and can be turned on as tax-free income. So now you've got a Roth and a death benefit that can be used any way you want to use it. If you die early, death benefit. If you live and you need tax-free income, you got tax-free income. So now we've got something that is just super powerful. And then you add to that. Uh, the fact that these we add to these a long-term care benefit. Uh, so, I mean, these are just powerful new tools. Um, they have really um, come out really powerfully in the last five or ten years, just not being understood correctly. And I've actually, uh, anybody that sets an appointment with us, uh, we actually give them a, a book about this kind of tax planning that will help them understand it better as well. So, um, uh, again, what's maximizing the income, and if we have this, tax-free income available one day, we're netting more money in our pocket again because we're not paying taxes on that money. And if taxes, I, I shouldn't say if taxes go up, when taxes go up, we turn on that tax-free income um, and we've just lowered the amount of money we got to take out of uh, of our accounts because we're not paying tax on part of it. So it's such a complex situation, but yet the amount of money we can maximize in income using these tools and this planning is just... Uh, Uh, invaluable. It really is. Well, here's the bottom
0: line. I say this all the time, and we've discussed it on previous sessions you and I have done. Uh, Each of you out there, you need to work with a financial professional that understands your benefit. And I don't think there's a better illustration of that than what Mark was just discussing. Too many mistakes. We see it all the time. And this is why I preach it. So, important information and Thanks, Mark, for uh, presenting that. Obviously, everybody's situation is unique and different, and that's why you need to get with Mark to have a complimentary consultation. Uh, before I have you get out, get out your contact information, you brought up the long-term care, and I don't think enough employees out there uh, realize how expensive the group long-term care coverage is yeah and some people just say that's too expensive, and they don't even look at alternatives. You have alternatives that can be tied into uh independent insurance policies that may offset that survivor from being alternative to that survivor option right yeah the you know
1: the the problem with long term care insurance is is a couple of problems. number one is they will go up. But there's nothing in that policy that says that you're locked into the price. And it will go up. They've been going up over the last 10 or 12 years. So you're yep. used to spending 5000 a year, and suddenly it's uh, 8000 a year, and then you drop it, and then you've wasted all those years. The other problem is, is any money you put into that policy, if you don't use it, you never get it back. Whereas these new policies, these these asset-based long-term care policies, the money inside of it is yours if you don't use the long-term care. So again, there are alternatives, and see, Jeff, this is the this is the bottom line. Once you make a decision on most of these items, you're locked in, uh, whether yeah. it be social security, whether it be your pension, any of these things. Um, and so you better get it right the first time. You're not going to get a do-over. Um, so no. that's that is why it's so important to work with not only a professional that understands federal benefits, but also that's a fiduciary uh, that's required by law to act in the best interest of whoever they're working with. Uh, so that's two key questions. If you're working with somebody and they're investing money for you, but they don't—they're not a federal expert, and you're a federal employee, or they don't understand social security planning, or income planning, or estate planning, or tax planning, or—I mean, I can go on—healthcare planning, long-term care planning. If they don't understand that, then they're not a retirement planner. They're an investment advisor, or a broker, or a financial salesperson. So it might be time to grow up with your money and and use somebody that um, is more advanced as your situation has advanced as you near retirement. So.
0: very important information. And I think what we see with federal employees uh, particularly is that all of these decisions are now um, coming upon them in a very short period of time. Yeah. So, you know, you, you work your career, you build, and now all of a sudden you're making all these decisions in a relatively short period of time. And that's where you mistake going that. So that's why Mark and his team are there. That's why we're here. So, uh, Mark, um, for those listening in today, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Well, a great place to start would be our website, uh, masterplanretire.com kind of easy to remember masterplanretire.com all one word. Um, we, um, Uh, You know, you you go there, you can find our contact information, and actually on the very first page is a little green button. If you press it, it goes directly to my calendar. Uh, We do offer complimentary consultations. It's a time uh, for 30 or 45 minutes via phone or via the web where... You just ask questions and you just, you know, tell me your situation. I'll tell you some things I'm thinking about and what you need to look out for. And then if it leads up to it, uh, we have complimentary reports we can run, anywhere from six to ten reports that we can run to illustrate where you're at and where you need to be and where the risks are. Uh, so that's complimentary. My book is complimentary, The Road Less Travel, that we are discussing today also like i said there's a tax book i would be glad to give you as well we just think that, that these are valuable resources the tax book by the way i did not write i did have the opportunity to write the forward on it uh, but a great book by a colleague that um, is just as important so that's all stuff you get um uh, you know by just scheduling and uh, having an appointment with us um, jeff as you know um i do 12 to 15 initial consultations a week we only pick up two or three clients a month from those because we want to make sure it's a good fit. You know, sometimes we just help them on the phone and they're good to go. Or, or maybe they're not quite ready for us. Or maybe we got their questions answered and they'll call us back next year when they're closer. You know, whatever. Right. But but we just want to help people. I will never turn down an initial consultation. If I can answer questions, uh, I get thank you letters all the time. Thank you for the information you shared and and. Uh, you know, it really makes, I got one today. Uh, it just, <laughs> it, it makes us feel really, really good because, uh, it's not just about can we get a client. It's, it's who can we help. We're on a mission to educate, uh, and to guide, uh, all retirees and then of course definitely federal workers. So dot Uh, and I think they can also find us through, through your website as well, Jeff. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. Uh, so, uh, you can also go to fed Checklist.com, FedChecklist.com, or you can Google Fed resource and it'll pull up all our all our accounts, social media, LinkedIn, websites. But FedChecklist.com, we feel there's a very important section. There's the 12 must answered questions that each of you need to have education on before you retire. Very important. 12 must ask questions. Uh, for federal employees. There's also a a nice workbook and budget that you can download um, in preparation for example of the meeting with Mark's team. You can post questions on there um, that we will get to Mark and his team and you can also uh, call us on their toll-free number. There. So, uh, all right great session today and uh, you mentioned at the start of this broadcast next week session so let's remind everybody what we we will be covering in Chapter Six before we close out.
1: yeah, uh, next uh, next week we're going to be t- talking about what if I need more money. And so this is the income gap we mentioned. you know above social security above your uh, first pension or whatever else you might have, um, the vast majority of people that come to see us need more than that in retirement. And so there are some tools that work really horribly. <laughs> for filling that income right. gap. And some that work great for filling the income gap. And so you need to plan on what tool. It's the old story, and maybe I should say I'll save it for next week. It's the story of um uh, uh I've got the wrong shovel. Uh so I will remind me to tell that story next week, Joe So Oh, I won't forget the other one. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. All right. Yeah. Um <laughs> so
0: Just right. Matthew? Yeah. Uh, for those of those caught previous episodes, they know those, your stories are quite entertaining. (laughs) So, um, we'll, uh, kind of tease everybody with that. So, all right, everybody, look for the, the next episode to be uploaded, uh, within the next week. And thank you very much. Go check out our site. Get in contact with us. The consultation's free. everybody should be planning. We're in a crazy world, and things are changing rapidly, so you have to understand where you're at. Thanks again, Mark. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Jeff. I look forward to next week.